Welcome to the All About Setwork podcast. In this podcast, we talk about all things setwork. That include training tips, a behind-the-scenes look at what your instructor or trial official may be going through, and much more. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with Joanne Dombeck about her journey in setwork, her three dogs, and also her participation in cyber setwork. Before we start diving into the podcast episode itself, let me do a very quick introduction of myself. My name is Diana Santos. I'm the owner and lead instructor for Setwork University, Dogsport University, and Pet Dog U. These are all online dog training platforms that are designed to help you achieve your dog training goals. And we're very fortunate to have a client base that's worldwide. For Setwork University in particular, we provide online courses, seminars, webinars, and eBooks that can help you no matter where you are in your sniffing journey. Whether you're just getting started, looking to develop some more advanced skills, or if you're interested in trialing, we have a training solution for you. So to you know a little bit more about me, let's dive into the podcast episode itself. So in this episode, we're going to be speaking with Joanne Dombeck about her participation in Cyber Network as part of our newer series where we are speaking with participants of Cyber Network <laughs> to learn more about them, their dogs and their journeys in Network, as well as their experience with Cyber Network and the feedback that they received. So let's have a listen to that conversation. I want to thank you, first of all, for joining for our podcast. Again, this new series that we're doing is we're just talking to some participants of Cyber Network. It's because we're trying to hear more about not just what their interaction is with Cyber Network or with the feedback they receive, but we just want to know more about you. We want to know more about your dogs and about your Steffi journey. So you want to just tell everyone who you are and how you got started in Network? I'm Joanne Dombeck. I've been doing Scentworks for eight and a half years. I found a little Havanese that was five months old that had finished AKC Puppy Star was looking for a class for her because I knew I had to keep her busy and the next available class was Noseworks. So I put her in that and she was a little rock star. (laughs) Fortunately, she's proven to be my perpetual NW3 dog. I think we'll be in that until one or the other of us goes. (laughs) But she's been a great training ground for the other two dogs that I also compete with. Awesome. So for your journey with work with her, so you were looking for a class to do something with her. What sparked the interest that you kept staying involved with nose work? Because a lot of people would be like, okay, well, I'll do one class. And they're like, yeah, I'm all set. What kept you keep going and playing with the game? Having a phenomenal dog as your first dog helps. <laughs> but I just saw the sheer joy in the dogs and playing the game. You know, it was all on them to go out and search. It wasn't anything I was doing. It was natural instinct. All I had to do was present puzzles so they could learn how to solve them. And I just love the whole competition atmosphere where I can honestly admit if we're in a parking lot with 45 other teams, we hope every one of those teams titles that day. It's not it's not cutthroat. Right. Everybody wants everybody to do well. And that is something that I think is very unique to this community. And I think it's one of the reasons why more and more people are getting turned on to it is for all the things you just talked about. First of all, the fact that dogs are so joyful when they're doing the activity, they're like, oh, this is for me. This is great. <laughs> it can also deepen the bond between the dog and the handler because the handler is able to actually see like, wow, you're really good at this. And it's a little glimpse into their life. But it's also from the human standpoint, what you just talked about was that there's a real supportive atmosphere with Setwork Nosework where people, just like you said, you know, everyone's rooting for everyone, whether or not they title or not, whatever success that they leave out there. So let's say that you have someone with a really super sensitive dog and they're like, I don't care if I title. I just want them to be able to walk in that room 
and not freak out. And they do that and they come out and they're so proud and everyone is proud of them too. Like, that's amazing. I love that aspect of it. So thank you for bringing that up because that's something I hope that people who may be newer to work or just may not have experienced that yet, maybe they just haven't gone to a trial, they haven't gone to a group class environment, that that is something that's very unique about this community that I think is really wonderful. So the one thing I was looking at when I was just looking over your participation with Cyber Network is I love your dog's registered name. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about her registered name? Because I was giggling to myself as I was getting ready for the podcast. <laughs> well, my first dog, Minnie, was registered name Franz Minnie Memory in memory of my mother. So when I went to find another Havanese to keep her company, I knew I wanted the call name to be Lucy because my mother was a huge I Love Lucy fan. But I was also a huge Dirty Dancing fan. And Baby's real name is Francis, which was my mother's name. So it just made sense to name Lucy. Nobody puts Baby in a corner. (laughs) I love that. That is just so, that's such a great heartwarming story about first of all about your mother but also it's just a great little name of just you know sometimes it's just like it's kenneled names that kind of all like squished together and it doesn't really mean anything but to actually come across a registered name that has meaning behind it and it's just it's just wonderful (laughs) it just had me giggling all morning it's like I need to know the story behind this name (laughs) that's pretty much it you know and it's it's fairly obtuse you have to know the reference and you have to know my mother's name in order for it to make sense, but it makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> so as far as what your journey has been with, with Lucy, as far as, so you're saying that you've been trying to get after the NW3. So what's the thing that's keeping you guys from being able, because first of all, let's just put this out there. You are not alone with this. This is actually very, very common that NW3 is hard. So maybe for people who don't even know what an NW3 is. Or maybe they're just about to go into NW3. Could you maybe talk about some of the things that you find are challenging, but also why you keep going back? I keep going back with Minnie, and Lucy just earned her NW2, so she's the next NW3 candidate. Okay. Um, because the challenge is there. I, I can tell you I would dread every trial I got into to begin with, and now I can't wait to go because... It is such a challenge to walk into every search, unknown number of hides. Can we be a team? And if something goes wrong, can we shake it off and move on for the rest of the day? And we're starting to get really successful at that. Every trial has a moment of brilliance. Every trial also has an, oh, crap. But (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's what keeps us on our toes, right? It does. It really, really. (laughs) does and I can step back now and look at it and know the ones I cost and I can let my dogs own the ones that they cost because Minnie is notorious on pulling odor and she is the most convincing actress you've ever seen in the world. Lucy is just coming into her own even though they're six months apart Lucy took longer to mature than Minnie. We, we, we tried a lot of journeys with Lucy and wound up back in Scentworks with her. And she's proving to be quite the little sniffer. But NW3 is hard. Enjoy your time in there. Really enjoy it. Because then when you get out and get to Elite, because I have an Elite dog too, it's just like pure joy. <laughs> I will admit that. 
there, there is a rainbow at the end of NW3. <laughs> and it's a good thing for people to know, right? Because definitely for anyone who's been either taking group classes or if they started trialing, I'm sure, particularly if they're in the NW and NACSW circles, they've heard about oh, NW3. Oh, no. But it's it's true. And that's something that I've heard from other people who've had that experience where once they get out of the NW3, they're like, oh, now we're an elite, you know, it could be fun again. And that's something that I think that you touched upon of changing our own mindset can really help of just viewing it like a challenge. And like what you said, you know, being able to notice those moments of brilliance and being able to laugh off, okay, well, that didn't go so well. But also the other thing I really wanted to point out was what you were talking about was team. So could you actually talk about that a little bit more? Because there is something that I think is happening in the community where people put a lot of focus only on the dog and the person is just kind of standing there, which I don't think is accurate. So could you actually talk about which, what you mean as far as when the two of you are working as a team? When we're when any of my three dogs and I are in sync and we're working as a team, they know I've got their back. I'm not going to ask them to go into something dangerous. I'm going to trust them. And they have to trust me to move around a room just off of body pressure. You know, I try to give them room to work so that I can see what's going on. You know, I like to, if I see an area got missed, I want to be able to say, no, I want you to go in there and have them go in and at least check it and come back out. Mm -hmm them always know that no matter how the search goes when we leave the search we're having a party and we're having a good time all the way back to the car i really think you have to be in sync with your dog to be successful it is definitely a all those things that you said as far as examples is exactly what people should be looking for when they are doing searches is that it is a give and a take right because we know as the people what counts as a search area we know what could potentially be productive, what may not be. We're there to actually give some feedback to our dogs. And we also may understand certain things, you know, for interior spaces, we may know, okay, well, there's a door over there. It may be sucking the odor over there, but actually there's this whole other corner we haven't looked at yet. <laughs> and we also know about time limits. So when we're trialing, you know, the dog's like, oh, I'll find it eventually. Like, yeah, but we've only got a certain amount of time. <laughs> so maybe we could come over exactly. here and check this out. So that, that those are all really good things to point out for people to keep in mind. Yeah, I actually love the trialing aspect. I think it's, I like the class. I like watching the dogs learn, but I like walking to the line. Just setting a dog up and firing them and going with them because there's just so much fun to be had in that anywhere from one minute to three and a half minutes they might give you for a search. Mm -hmm. Perfect. How did you start getting involved with CyberSupper? What happened is I started working with Lucy once uh, she matured and decided that she could stay at source, not just do a flyby. <laughs> I needed to get her out to different sites. And the trainer that was the closest, and it's Lori Timberlake, she was offering rovers classes. And one of them was to do cyber scent works. I was kind of like, well, I really don't care that it's cyber scent works. I just want to go do a rovers class. Well, then after your dog is successful and has a good search and you get the video, it's like, well, I might as well send it in. I get to have people that I never have a chance of working under review my searches and give me an opinion on what I'm doing. 
So I think Lucy earned her novice exteriors. I think that's the one she got or novice vehicles. It was one of the two, but we had a lot of fun doing the videos and being able to review them and then reading all the feedback that we got. Do you get any kind of feedback from other people who may not know much about set work or like your dog does that, but don't only like Labradors and German Shepherds do that? <laughs> I think it's an absolute ball to run three atypical dogs. I run two Havanese. The larger one is 14 pounds, and I run the standard poodle, who everybody thinks are foofy. They're far from it. They're sporting dogs. They're working dogs. And they're like, your little dog does that? It's like, yeah, my, my little dogs beat those dogs that should do it. <laughs> Which is and I love I that am. you wear that with pride. Like, yes, my little dog did just fine. <laughs> Got that right. <laughs> I think it's just so helpful for other people who may just assume like, oh, well, I don't have a lab or a German Shepherd. So that means I can't do this to see and hear from other people who have other types of dogs. Basically, your dog has a nose and there's nothing wrong with it. They can do this. <laughs> you got that right. And they can do it well. Yes, exactly. That's, that's the other half of it. All of a sudden, they can bring a little bit of a competitive side out. in you. Mm. Mm hmm. But um, those two little Havanese are pretty stunning in what they can do. So what do you think are some of the, the biggest strengths that you noticed from maybe the feedback that you received from the videos that you submitted to Cybers Network or just from what you've seen with the other trialing that you've done? What are some of the strengths that you've noticed in your dogs as far as their searching is concerned? My dogs can source quickly. They can source accurately. They're not environmental, which I think is fantastic. They can have stupid things happen around them, like put a paw up on something and have it move. And, okay, yeah, I'm going to back up from that, but I'm going to go right back because the hide's there. Mm -hmm. it, it, they're just, they're resilient. I think that's the best word for them. And that's surprising being a small dog. You know, everybody pictures them being coddled and up in your arms and nope, they're out at the end of the leash doing their job. And that's amazing. And that's exactly what we want when we have the picture, as far as instructors and trial officials, of a scentware dog is one that goes into the space like, I will find my cookie opportunity. <laughs> you got that right. And it's all about the cookie. Exactly. So as far as the feedback that you received, was did you find it helpful? Were you able to use any of the feedback as far as what you were going to be doing for your future training at all? It was. I take everything in and I like analyzing and studying the game and studying how to improve. Some of the feedback was on my handling, which I admit usually does need some work here and there. The jackpotting, which we all tend to forget about. You know, my dogs will fly back and being 14 pounds, getting a, a half by half by half cube of something really good, it really is a jackpot. Right. Because that's a lot of food for a 14 pound dog. Right. But you forget that you need to walk over to source and feed and feed and feed and let them know that this is a good thing when you're training. I'm very happy to hear it. One of the things that I we just did a podcast uh, a podcast episode with my co-founder Sean McMurray, and one of the things we were talking about because we just uh, celebrated a one-year anniversary of Cyber Network was the uh, the progress that we've seen. The people who submitted multiple entries, and for me, one of the most endearing things are for people who may have never done jackpots before 
And then once they start doing jackpots, because we offer it as a bonus point. And then, oh my God, the dog lights up and they're like, oh, more cookies. And then the, the handler is smiling and having a great time. And then you can see the improvement over all the different video entries. And the dog is more zazzed. To put, oh, it's one of my most favorite things is just seeing people using jackpots in their parties and just seeing the dog light up. Oh, it makes me so happy. <laughs> yep. And my dogs are used to having their party on the way back to the car getting it in a search they're used to when the search is done we have a party we eat all the way back to the car and And that's that's really good it's great that you do that i'm sorry i cut you off yeah it took me a while to learn when we're training let's have a party at the hide it's something i didn't think of right and that that's just is it i think for many of us particularly if we're coming from other types of dog training is we get very I don't know how to put it. It's almost, we get very specific. (laughs) Like we can only do this at this time. And I think what is helpful with the jackpot plus the party is that you're able to, again, make source so incredibly important. But then having that celebration at the end, the reason why I'm such a big proponent for that, particularly with my own individual clients for our classes, is there are dogs out there who are, all dogs are very smart, but there are some dogs that are very in tune to the fact, like, I had a lot of fun during that search. And then once the search was done, they stuck me in a box and they ignored me. <laughs> I'm going to make the fun last as long as possible, and I'm not going to be efficient at all. And that's exactly what you don't want, right? You want the dog to get in, get their hide as fast as possible and think this is awesome, but also know that awesomeness is going to happen afterwards. So having that balance of having the jackpot for the hide, but then having that really great party at the end is also a wonderful buffer and it's a good routine to get into for those trialing situations where things may not have gone so well, that you can yep. still have the party with the dog. And we do with the with the standard poodle, we call it prancies. Mm-hmm. Our, I actually jog so she can prance her way oh. back to the car and I'm shoving cookies the whole way. <laughs> So, oh, if you can send me a video of that, I would, that would make my day. <laughs> we'll see if we can get you one. And she, she looks for it. You know, we have to do it. And the little Havanese is mini is exactly the same way. You have to be upbeat no matter what happens in the search. If you're not upbeat going back to the car, the next search is going to get really interesting. That is a really good way of putting it. I'm going to steal that, if you don't mind. Because that is absolutely something that I think that people, I think will resonate with more people. Because it's not something that, as an instructor, I'm constantly trying to think of ways, like, how can I get this across to more people? But that is brilliant, what you just said. And it can really help people understand the importance of it. It also helps you, because it's very hard to be doing a party and be grumpy at the same time. It's it's really hard, I would assume. I could be wrong, but I would think it would be difficult to get a standard poodle to prance next to you if you're like, oh, oh hit my wife. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it would be very difficult. She She's probably the most in tune with mood, whereas the two little Havanese are like, I really don't care what your mood is. I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> And so that's something I actually, that that sparked another question that I had for you. Do you have any advice for people who may only have one dog or one type of dog right now? And they may be thinking about getting a different type of dog or a different type of breed. 
Do you have any advice for them as far as the experience that you've had having two different types of breeds as far as what their expectations should be? Basically, how it is that they can help themselves kind of prepare for the fact that this new dog may indeed be totally different. <laughs> it may not be the same type as the dog they have right now. Oh my God. You, first off, don't get preconceived notions. I thought that that standard poodle was going to come in and blow my socks off. I really did. It took her a year and a half to finally realize what the whole game was and to be willing to commit because a poodle will not embarrass themselves. So they will not do it until they understand what you expect. And when she got it, just get out of her way because she's absolutely amazing. But I had the preconceived notion that all three dogs were going to be like Minnie. I was going to let them loose and they were going to be fantastic off of the start line. Every dog is different. If you can go into it with no preconceived notions and just look at what's going on with the dog in front of you, you're going to enjoy the trip a lot more. Thank you for that. And I think the fact that more people are going to be listening to that message is really important because it's becoming less normal. My life, well, I don't have a dog at the moment right now, but for all the years that I did have a dog, I only ever had one, which is very, very rare for a dog trainer. It's also just becoming very rare for just dog owners. <laughs> Many people are now stepping into the realm of having multiple dogs. And particularly for those people who are doing things like set work or other dog sports, they may do exactly what you're talking about. They had this experience with their first dog and they think that it's going to be yada yada with their second dog. And that's not guaranteed at all. And it can lead you to a lot of heartbreak and a lot of miscommunication between you and this new dog because they're not a clone of your last one. And also you may have rosy tinted glasses because you may have forgotten all of the things that you did with your first dog that may not have gone so well, <laughs> but now things are going really great. And they're like, oh, so everything's going to be great with the second dog. Like you forgot like the first three years of their life when they were growing up. <laughs> and people do forget, you know, I, I know when I brought Lucy out and she was actually faster than many on the initial box games, the tuna treats in a box game. Mm -hmm. She could source anything faster, but I wasn't watching her. She would grab it and she would run because if I caught her, the game was over. She was a dog that needed multiple hides right from the get-go to be satisfied that she was out there long enough to enjoy the game. One wasn't going to do it. One just wasn't going to do it. Right. I need more cookies. <laughs> Need more cookies, need more work, need more hides. Right. And that's a really good thing for people to keep in mind, too, is that every single dog is going to need something different. And that's one of the things that I was thinking about when we were putting Service Network together was, could I just do this where people just submit me videos and I just provide the feedback the whole time? Sure. But I think it's helpful to get feedback from different people so that you have as many tools in your toolbox as possible, even if you don't think it's going to work right now for this dog or for this situation, having something in your back pocket that you can pull out for that dog in the future or for that situation in the future that may help, that's a good thing. Having as many things at your disposal is good. So like what you just talked about of leveraging, okay, well, I may normally do A, but now A is not working so great. So let me go leverage B instead. <laughs> yep. And I do like thinking outside the box. 
if A is not working, let's go try B. If B is not working, there's got to be a C. If C is not working, maybe you need to be an agility dog. <laughs> exactly. Maybe this just isn't the thing for you right now. So do you have, you want to share any of your future plans with your three little ones with our listeners? Dig is going to be competing in an elite trial in a week and a half. We're hoping that she'll get her elite one. She's only two and a half points away. Exactly. Uh, Minnie will continue in NW3. At some point in time, she's going to get me an NW3 title ribbon. <laughs> but if she doesn't, guess what? We'll keep trying. Um, Lucy is going to continue with uh, a little bit of training before I put her in her first NW3. I'll probably do element trials with her and maybe some more cyber scent works. We also do several other venues like CPE, USCSS, whatever out there. I use them as training venues, mm -hmm. AKC. And she just needs more, more time under her belt before we start going in and I keep presenting unknown hide searches at her. Right. She's telling me she's not ready yet. And I'll buy that. And that's wonderful that you're listening. <laughs> I give you a lot of credit for that. Cause a lot of people, they don't want to listen. Like, Oh no, it'll be fine. Be like, or you could just practice more. Yeah. <laughs> the trials aren't going anywhere. <laughs> no. And she just needs more time at different places. Right. You know, it's all fairly new to her, even though she's eight and a half years old. She went six years without really doing nose works because I didn't think she enjoyed doing it. And when I brought her back into it and I started seeing that she's really pretty good at it. You know, now we're just getting to where the other two dogs who have been studying on the road for six years are getting. Once she settles down and finds out that she does not need to guard hotel room doors. Right. <laughs> all 10 pounds of her. Right. And that we can relax and have a good time. It'll all flow. If she's got the tools. Right. Well, I really want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I, I love hearing from our clients. I love learning more about your journeys and about your dogs. I definitely wanted to get the, the background for that registered name because it just tickled me pink. <laughs> and if you ever do get a, a video of that prancing poodle, I would love that because it would definitely help me on bad days. <laughs> well, I will try it. to get you a video of the prancing poodle. Because <laughs> I think that's just perfect. But did, was there anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners before we sign off? Was there any pieces of advice or anything that you wanted to share with anyone? The only piece of advice that hit the that hit me the most was learn to run the dog in front of you. Don't run the dog you think you have, run the dog you do have. I think that that's perfect. You have dropped some really great helpful thing for our listeners in this episode, so thank you so very much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Again, I just want to give a huge thank you to Joanne for having this conversation with me. Again, being able to hear from our clients at Cyber Network and hearing their journey as far as how they got into scent work, the joy that they see with scent work, the benefits that it awards both themselves and their dogs, learning more about them, their dogs and themselves, and also hearing about their experience in cyber scent work really is helpful for us <laughs> to make sure that we are doing what we can in cyber scent work to help our clients. So I really am enjoying this series. I can't wait to talk to more participants. We have several that are going to be scheduled in the very near future, which I'm very, very excited about. 
And if you are participating in Cypress Network and you would like for us to have a conversation, please contact me. <laughs> I want to hear from you. And this, I think, is helpful even outside of the context of Cypress Network. These individuals, you know, we started off with Lisa and now we're having it with Joanne in this episode. They're talking about things that can help a very large swath of dog owners. Whether or not you're doing things with competition, formal competition with Setwork, whether or not you're doing anything with Cyber Setwork, if you're just playing Setwork as a whole, but even if you just have a dog, the things that these people are talking about is so incredibly helpful and I cannot do it justice. I mean, the, the brilliance that's coming out with each of these episodes, I am just thrilled with. So again, I really want to give a wholehearted thank you to Joanne for sitting down for this conversation with us. If you are participating in Cyber Network and you would like to share your stories as well, please let me know. <laughs> I would love to hear from you. We also are looking forward to doing some more roundtable discussions with our instructors and some other outside speakers. And we're always looking for other topics that people are interested in us covering. So if there is something in particular that you are interested in, please feel free to let me know because we definitely want to make sure that we're offering the episodes that you all are interested in. But I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I'm really enjoying the series <laughs> and I'm looking forward to future episodes. Thanks so much. Happy training. We look forward to seeing you soon.